0: eventually super train episode 147 i'm dan i'm your main host to this short-lived tv show podcast we cover short-lived tv shows that never got enough love eventually we will cover super train we cover three shows at a time one episode of those at a time and in this one we are starting off with episode six of season one of lucan of course amanda reyes is back with that i am discussing me myself and i i am discussing gemini man episode six And then we've got episode one of a brand new old show, which I'm not going to say any more about. I want us to dive right in to some Lucan chat with the episode You Can't Have My Baby. Wasn't that a song? You Can't Have My Baby. Yeah, listen to this. Season 1, Episode 6, March 13th, 1978. Man Rubin script for You Can't Have My Baby has been directed by Corey Allen. In this one, there's a very rich lady and she has a grandson and her son is dead and she doesn't like her daughter in law and her daughter in law wants the grandson back and the uh, very rich lady would do whatever she can, including controlling the police and Um, judges and law enforcement and everybody in order to keep that baby. But the mother says, you can't have my baby. And it goes from there and Lucan somehow becomes involved and listen to this. Uh, Amanda and I are on the other side. Lucan, here we go. You can't have my baby. Episode 6 of Season 1 of Lucan. And we are here, as always, with the great, the wonderful... Amanda Reyes. Amanda, how are you?
1: I'm, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm um I, we're we're almost at the end of the first season of of Lucan. Not we're not quite there. Um, Sad Face. Yeah, and and this is this is um this is actually I think only the second show we've talked about on Eventually Super Train over the hundred and forty six, seven episodes. What episode is it? hundred and forty seven or eight? Um the only the second one that is in that has two seasons. The, the other one being, Joni loves Shachi, and yes. so
1: I was s- going to say that, but then I started to think, does it? Because it only has like seventeen episodes, right?
0: Yes, it's it's those initial four were the ones that they yeah. aired after Happy Days, and when the and that's when the show was like number one. And I don't mean number one as like it was the best, although we did enjoy most of it. It's um, the I mean, best. Number number one is in it went to number one in the ratings
1: with a bullet.
0: Yes, and then they put it on Friday night. Lead in Friday night, and the show after it was something like a new family show, like a new kind of family. No, that was another show. I forget what it was called, but I think I think Michael Dudikoff was in it.
1: Oh, it was like a sitcom, right?
0: Yes, it was. A
1: sitcom. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. It's not Jesse because oh, that's something else. But a um, whole
0: lot of family.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about because I always. I'm surprised when I see Michael Dudikoff acting mm. yeah. because I'm used to him as like an action star. And I always yes. assumed he was like a martial arts or a boxer or something before he became an actor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
1: Steven Seagal, you know, not that yeah. he's better than Steven Seagal, but like, <laughs> um, but I didn't understand that he actually started as an actor yes. and fell into the action film star
2: mm-hmm.
0: thing.
1: Yeah. So I'm always surprised when I see like stuff pop up, like he's in bloody birthday, right? He's yes. In he's those... in
0: bloody birthday. He's, isn't he in bachelor party?
1: Oh, you know, I've never seen that. It's fun. It's it's. it's That's what fun. I heard. Yeah. I love of Man. I'm watching a lot yeah. of TJ Hooker.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Tell everyone um, uh that uh. T- well, you just did tell everyone you're watching a lot of TJ Hooker. I was going to say say talk some more about TJ Hooker for a few seconds.
1: It's the best. Um, I I don't know why, but well, I have decided that I don't care if William Shatner is 25 and I don't care if he's 95. He is sex on a stick to me. And I guess (laughs) I just can't get enough of him. And so I've been thinking a lot about him lately. And um, I just thought, why not watch TJ Hooker because it's fun? And then I realized, wow, he looks like Michael Myers a lot when he's in that show. And so I'm just going to, and also James Darren. Is amazing. I mean, how many how many hit TV shows from the '80s starred somebody who was in a Jess Franco film?
0: True. Yeah. You know. You can't. You can't yeah. He's a god. <laughs>
1: and then Adrian Zemed, who I actually think I came to know through Dance Fever, and then maybe Bosom Buddies.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you play, so. which
1: is how he must have gotten Bachelor Party, because um, or, or vice versa, because mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is in both of those. Mm-hmm. But um, and um, and that's another guy. I think he started as a dancer. Mm. And then became an actor, but it yeah. could be vice versa. I'm not sure. I, but I, it's think, great.
0: I think Michael Dudikoff. I think the one of the earliest. I think a, a year or two before the uh, around 78 or so, he's in the episode "Smoking Ain't Cool," the Happy Days episode, where Joni is smoking, and he plays like the guy who's like, "Hey, Joni, you look grown up. It must be because you're smoking." <laughs>
1: And she's like, oh, be oh, still. Oh, it is be because I'm her.
0: smoking. And yeah, then in the end,
1: he's... A and
0: then in the end, you know, he still likes her, even though she's not smoking
1: anymore. Oh, he's a good guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, I forget what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, we were talking I, about teaching I her. don't know, but
1: I'm loving all the cute boys. Why don't you do a podcast on cute boys?
0: I could do that. I really could do that. I, um... <laughs> I, uh... I uh, and I may have recommended this somewhere else But if you want to see uh, the, the two episodes of, of The Virginian That William Shatner's in Are very oh. good episodes One of them he plays kind of a crusty Civil War soldier But in the other he's kind of a young Rapscallion kind of guy Hanging around with Doug McClure
1: Oh, I can't stand it.
0: And uh, and there there is a scene where they're pi- panning. I was going to say pining for gold. I guess a lot of guys did pine for gold. But I was going to say panning for
1: gold. <laughs> yeah, it goes hand in hand. Doesn't yes. it? That's why and, you go panning for it because you're pining. For
0: exactly. It. And and there's a scene where the two of them are like by a small lake, and they both got their shirts off, and they're panning for gold,
1: and they're making out.
0: And I thought, <laughs> yes. it's so good. And I thought, Mr. Shatner, you are looking good. He
1: he a had kid. he had his day. 70 Shatner is my favorite Shatner, but I thought He's I'd a give 80 Shatner, Shatner a yeah. go. I think he deserved it. Yeah. No, I remember. I, I wanted to offer it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Hooker cast. No, people would think that was something else, right? <laughs> I
1: think so, yeah.
0: Yeah. TJ. No. Yeah, we'll think of something. Um, you got to finish Trap cast first. And, um... Yeah, and I'm
1: way behind on that. So. <laughs> so, we are
0: talking about dogs just started barking in my neighborhood. Oh, Lucan's around. Oh, there must be. Um, so, uh, yeah, so so this is, we're getting near the end of the first season of Lucan, and this is The Baby Won't Have It. What's the name of this episode?
1: <laughs> you, can't, you know what? The Baby Won't Have It, because I don't think the baby's being treated very well by anybody no. except Lucan. Yes, exactly, um, exactly. But the episode is called You Can't Have My Baby, Maybe. and every time I hear that title, I Want to Pound My Fist, on the table, but I want to pound it in that way that um, David Warbeck pounded it in Fatal Frames when he was really angry, yes. and the table kind of shakes because it's yes. really cheap. And yeah. he's also kind of frail at this point, so it's yeah. really weird to see that yeah. happen. Yeah, and I, I want so badly
2: to do that.
0: You can't have my baby. I almost earlier I was I was I was in my mind I was talking through, it, and I said underneath the baby. I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting more into a uh, gi- giallo because nothing underneath.
0: Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it keeps
1: going back to Italian horror. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what so so what did you think of the baby episode?
1: Yeah. Okay, this is what I'll say. I'm going to be I'm going to be gentle here because um this is not an awful episode, but it is so far my least favorite. Um and it's funny because when we did one punch wolfson, I think was the name of it, yes. it Shaw. I remembered not liking that episode very much, and then and the Lost Boy, to be honest. And then I rewatched One Punch Wilson or Wolfson, and I was like, God, this is so good. And yet I remembered kind of liking this episode, but on the second go, it was kind of a tough watch. And I think it's because there's a lot of inconsistency with the characters, and it kind of feels where all the other episodes. So this episode, um. I guess we'll talk about it. We can talk about, like, the underlining subtext in it and mm-hmm. what it's doing and where it's messing up. But you're just asking me what I think of it, so I won't go, <laughs> to the, I won't go into the, the, the weeds. It's the great,
2: right yeah.
1: Yeah. But, like, um, but, uh, I, I love the cast. I think it's really good. Mm. I, I love Pamela Franklin. Just drop her down in anything and I'll watch her. She's great. But, but this episode really – and Celeste Holm. I love Celeste Holm. I'm just going to go on a tangent now. I love all the <laughs> actors in this and I think Celeste Holm is actually really good in this episode in particular, but um, it's just it's too messy where I think the other mm-hmm. times they spent kind of working on the stories and gave them meaning, this one it, you could see the meaning was meant to be there, but it just was too slapdash to get that effect. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I I I I I would this is I I would just softly <laughs> softly <laughs> declare this episode a dud. Yeah. Um, it, it you know You know. I, I was going to say that about the writing with this episode it almost feels like I was going to look up to see because writers were recording this the writers guild have gone on strike and one of the things that kind of happens sometimes with with shows is that the rush to get scripts done before strikes I think this happened with like the second season of Star Trek The Next Generation where people complained that the scripts aren't that great but they had to be like finished immediately before the strike started right so they feel sort of almost unfinished like like someone someone wrote it and someone else someone needed to sit down and go okay this has to this is not right blah, 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 ba that's a, this just feels like a weird conglomeration of things that just keep happening and characters act we're and here's the thing with with Pamela Franklin this episode because the Gemini Man episode that I'm going to talk about after we talk about this, she is in.
2: Oh wow! And it's Give the
0: ep- it. and it's the episode where they're on the cruise ship, and and Sam and Abby are trying to find the the woman who owns the cruise ship who's been kidnapped by enemy agents and Pamela Franklin plays a lovely maid who helps Sam out.
2: Mm.
0: And watching that episode, I think oh I like her. This is one of the, possibly the only thing I've ever seen her in where I thought, I don't like her in this.
1: Yeah, she it's not a, a great performance. She's actually in a Trapper John that hopefully I'll get to one day where she, has, <laughs> she plays a woman with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And she's great in it, you know. And she's in same school for girls. And, I mean, like, she was in The Innocents, I think, right, as a little yes, girl. I mean, yes, she's a great know. actress. You know, there's no denying she's talented. Just, but this didn't work. It's... It's... I'm,
0: about 10 years ago, when I was still writing for Bleeding Skull, I wrote a review for a movie called School of Death. And my, I think Mondo Macabro recently released it on Blu-ray. And it is one of those late 70s, 60s, 70s, turn-of-the-century, set-in-an-all-girls-school type of movies. Oh, you is that
1: like death. a Spanish co-production with like...
0: I think so, yes.
1: Yeah, it has an AKA. I love that movie.
0: And, and the thing about that movie was that uh, maybe if I watched it again, I'd... I would I would really enjoy it. or watch it in a nice print. The print I watched wasn't very good. And but I watched it and about halfway through it, it started to hurt. And I got to the end of it and I declared a moratorium in my house on European movies from the late sixties, early seventies, set and turn of the, <laughs> the centuries, all girls' hey, schools. Hey. And apart from watching The House That's Screamed is that the one? The, oh, that's the, maybe.
1: I'm I getting all these titles mixed up. Maybe that's the one I that's saw. That's the
0: one with the glass. The sh- the big shard of glass in the ads.
1: I don't remember. But is there like a little boy in it? That's yes, also. That's like, yeah, House that's Street, the movie yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. That's a great film.
0: And, yeah, School of Death is just basically the same kind of thing. But um, it was just like I, I got to the end of it and I was like, I, I can't do any more of this type of film. I can't. And to be honest, I don't think. Not like a modern. Like a Giallo. Like a What Have They Done to Your Daughters? Uh, Solange kind of thing. I can yeah. watch that just fine. But but for for some reason, the turn of the... It's on my nerves. I would like to declare a moratorium if I can on movies where our lead character goes to a random small town and there's like a very wealthy man or a very wealthy woman who controls everything including the law and the sheriff and the lawyers and the judges. Yeah. I'm so sick of that storyline and this one drove me up the wall.
1: As I kind of don't it. mind the premise, like of it, like going through a town. I'm thinking of variations of it, though. Something like sure. um, Nightmare in Badham th- County, okay. or like the California Kid with Martin Sheen, that TV movie where it's like a speed uh-huh. trap and I don't mind it, gets killed.
0: I don't mind if there's if there's comedy involved or moonshine.
1: Well, yeah, I mean but, that's a uh, given, or both,
0: or both. Because yeah. I watched a Six Million Dollar Man episode the other day where, where Steve goes to a small town and there's like a guy who runs it and he runs the local factory and, but they're mainly making moonshine. For some reason that didn't bother me but this one just got on my nerves. It was just... It, and the funny thing was the opening shot is this woman and this guy at this grave and I saw her and I thought, okay, sh- I this is... You know, it's a big gravestone, so that's a lot of money. So I'm presuming this is like some sort of wealthy woman. And she begins to walk away from the thing, uh, from the gravestone, towards a limo. And, you know, the title comes up. There goes my baby. and, and <laughs> You then...
1: can't have my baby.
0: <laughs> yes. And then the names started to come up, you know, the actors' names with the name peoples they were playing. And about three or four in, there was Sheriff something and Deputy something. And I thought, oh, I know exactly what type of show this is. Uh, Sheriff, this is Mrs. Blah Blah Blah. Uh, I want you to arrest Lucan. Charges? (laughs) Don't worry about that. Yeah. just arrest him it's me and i thought i can't oh i can't can
1: we talk about the timeline though so it's yes, really yes. weird oh, yes. because <laughs> yeah, yeah, so right, so yeah. like uh, for people who haven't seen it like it this all takes place like in 48 hours but like it's impossible for the justice system even a little town to work like this mm-hmm. so like or even a corrupt justice system in a tiny town um so like uh Pamela Franklin you know has this brother who gets arrested and put in a work farm and um and then Celeste Holmes character, who's this really rich woman, is like, I'm gonna kill your whatever your brother in 48 hours. And then Lucan says to Pamela Franklin, Give me 24 and I'll get yes. him out. And then and then he like steals a car. And I it didn't even occur to me. I did like this part. It it didn't occur to me that Lucan can't drive. But we've never seen him driving. He walks everywhere. He hitches. Uh-huh. And it's clear he can't drive because he's having a really hard time even backing it out of the driveway to to steal it. And then he steals the car. And then he somehow gets put in the same work farm. In that 24-hour window that he asked Pamela Franklin to give him and I was like I don't think I think there's usually like a holding cell and then you have to wait for like an arraignment and like there's a whole process right and Uh and like and none of that happened and they're like you're going to the work farm for two years Lucan whatever your first or last name is he just gives them one name and they're like yeah okay cool and and then they put him in the work farm and then and then there's a and then there's a prison escape right and it's like wow really twenty four
0: hours and then they seem to have they seem to spend an entire day and a night like at the work farm too and it's like wow in the twenty four hours you were able yeah. to you were able to get yourself arrested get yourself and, tried get yourself sent to the farm and have an entire day and
2: night
1: and then and then they separate so he's so Lucan says to the brother. Uh, who's super sexy Don Reed I've never seen anything but I'm gonna watch everything he's in and he's like <laughs> he's like sexy Don Reed you go your own way and you go and your I'm, own yes way. that's right and he says and he says I'll meet you there just tell me where you're gonna go and and your sister has to know where it is because I'm picking her up and then he picks up the sister and then they're just kind of lackadaisically driving it takes them like hours because he gets her yes. at night and then it's daylight, and then they stop and get food and have a picnic because they're feeding the baby, and it's like, oh, my God, he's waiting. <laughs> yes. Like, And she says that it's a three-hour drive, supposedly, from where they are to the cabin mm-hmm. that he's hiding at, and then it's another hour to get out of the county. So why aren't you just getting out of the county? Yes.
0: Yeah, it's it's from scene to scene. You kind of never kind of know time-wise what's going on. What's ha- I mean, uh, early on, the sheriff and the deputy – play a big part in it. And you think the deputies is going to become an important... And then they're just gone.
1: Yeah, he's so good too. uh, John David Chandler plays deputy. (laughs) Oh my God, he's amazing. You're right. You think he's going to be this really evil, like sadistic... Like prison gar- guard, like you're gonna find out that's his other job, and like he just goes and like tortures Lucan, and then and then of course that backfires because he's got his wolf power or whatever. Mm. But that never happens. And then there's that whole side story with Prentice where he f- sees the Lucans gets arrested, like they call him or something, yes. and then he's like, okay, I'm gonna start filling out the extradition forms. But then at the first court hearing, they're like, we're not holding him on anything, and then they let him go even though they know
0: that the guy's.
1: Putting extradition papers in order. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. They need Dr. Hoagland here to narrate it because yes. he's missed, a. But also, like, somebody has to explain to me how this is all happening so fast.
0: Yeah, yeah and then Prentice shows up at the work That's right, briefly. Yeah. Just enough, I guess, to remind us that he's in the show, but he doesn't really do anything. And then that work farm sequence is like you meet like the guy in charge with his dog putting what's his name in the sweat box. And you think that's going to come to something, but no. it does. It's it's so weird because it's just like every 10 minutes or so, it like goes in another direction that doesn't, it doesn't develop in any way. Yeah, you know
1: and what, this would have been better if they just excised the baby. And as much as I love Celeste Holman, I think she did 110% of a performance here. It would have been so much better if Lucan had gotten thrown in a work farm. Exactly. You know, and help, like, an innocent person at the yes. farm and himself. I yes, kind yes. of feel like, it, and then get the Chandler actor, uh, Deputy Clyde, to come and sort of be the overlord of the yeah. work farm. And it's like, that would have been a great episode. Like, you could see they would be in one place, so they wouldn't be hopping around everywhere. They could have a pretty, they could even keep this this timeline, mm-hmm. almost, if they started from like the his arrest or something and then and then make it feasible and then they probably could have concentrated on one character and told a yeah. better story so yeah it's it's like it's like you've got the work farm and you've got Pamela Franklin and her story is actually really interesting because it's just, it's, yeah. it's about a woman who's who's ended up with this guy that she loved. and she. But it's so funny because she complains about him. She's like, you know, yes. I loved Celeste Homestead son, but, oh, my God, he hated everything. And <laughs> yeah. she just, like, starts venting about him. But, like, so she gets involved with this guy. Oh, you know what else would have been really good? If they done it, like, um, oh, my God, what's the name of that movie with Richard Thomas about the Patty Duke is the pregnant woman who comes to visit the mom of her dead husband? Oh. You'll Like My Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have – so we, they either could have gone, like, You'll Like My Mother – where a, preg- where a pregnant Pamela Franklin is being held hostage or something by mm. Celeste Holm because their son died or had the work from. Sorry, I'm going on tangents. Yeah, but anyway.
0: This, no, you're, you're right. It could have been easy. It should have been
1: maybe two separate episodes. Yeah, I think so. But the, but the So Pamela Franklin had given the baby to Celeste Holm because the guy dies and she's very young and clearly is not interested in money. I don't even know if he had a lot of money and he, it didn't seem like he left her any. And she's trying to get her head together and she's really mixed up and so she gives Celeste Holm the baby and then Celeste Holm being this kind of like weird mom uh, blames the death, of course, on Pamela Franklin and then and then kind of keeps the baby. And, and this idea of Pamela Franklin not wanting to attach to the child mm-hmm. is really sort of poignant because... There are these great moments where Lucan's like, it's really important. You're his mom. Yes. And she doesn't know that he's been abandoned and, and what that means to a child. And so mm-hmm. so those things are, are like should have been had some emotional impact in them. Even when she's like trying to feed him and change him and like these should have been moments that have been like like Really, something like we'd seen in previous episodes, you know, because mm-hmm. they know how to do emotional yes. in that show, and they just missed every chance to do that.
0: Every, it's it's it. I, there, the, even even there's there's a great moment, but but it happens so sort of offhand that that you 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 could miss it. Where um, she you know pa- Pamela Franklin's uh, character Jody has um uh is going to get a whole bunch of money from um I believe Eva Jarrett is the uh, evil rich lady's name and um and so Jody is goes up to her bedroom and she's just thinking about you know the next morning I'm going to get a big cashier's check and I'm going to leave but when she gets up to her room Lucan's there holding the baby and the look on oh. her face is for a split second is complete disappointment
1: yeah it is it's really interesting because I think she she says she he's in the shadows and she said we have to get the baby and he says I've already got him Yes. And she's like, "Oh. Uh,
2: yeah." And she won't oh,
1: hold him right. or yeah. anything. Like there's a whole there's a whole idea of postpartum too that you could have. Like there's so mm-hmm. many things that they could have done that like didn't need all the stuff around it.
0: And there's and I'm I'm going to spoil the ending because who cares. Um but but at the ending there's a moment, you know, she gets the baby uh, jo- uh Jody uh Pam Franklin there gets the baby and there there's a moment where um uh Evil Eva there says something along the lines of, you know, like um you know you're going to get bored with the baby after a week or something like that. And all I could think was, she's right. She's right. When when the, when the episode ends, we see Jody uh, uh, with the baby oh. on like a <laughs> merry-go-round, and we see Ben, her brother, there, and Lukeanne shows up. And this was I'm going to talk about another thing that got on my nerves with this episode.
1: Oh, um, is it going to be Ben related?
0: Because it, it's 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 going to be the premise of the show related. Okay. Um and. And Luke Ann shows up to talk to him, and then it's all over, and then the episode ends. And all you can think when Jodie is there with the baby is, the evil lady was right. I think in about a week, Jodie's going to be like, oh, God. Oh, I'm sick of this baby. Maybe I can get, like, 40 bucks for him or
2: something.
0: <laughs> uh, because because that, that the way the episode is done, you don't think when she gets the baby that it's like, she's reunited with her child yeah, in yeah. a beautiful moment. You think the moment... uh, Luke Ann's going to leave her brother may go and do something photograph wise or something like that and she's just going to be like I got this damn baby I could have sold this thing for a million bucks and gone to cruise around the world I, I think I think that the evil lady is right. She's going to get if if the if the episode were to continue on, she would no longer have the baby. She'd be trying to give it back to the rich lady.
1: That Cash. is a great moment though, because Celeste Home is like you you understand that she was not a good mother, and then if mm-hmm. she has this kid, she's going to destroy it. Yes. And and the way they do this close up on her face, and she's like, you know, it's going to start screaming, and you're not going to know what it wants, mm-hmm. and it's going to drive you nuts. And you could see that the character was like. Imagining all that hatred she built up for her own child, and Mm -hmm. it's like it's such a great moment. Give Celeste home all of the scenes. Just let her do the. the
0: She she is she is yeah. I mean the the look she has on her face, like at the at the moment where in the trial where um, Ben is is supposed to get off like scot free, but he gets two years on the work farm, and like Pamela Franklin's in the front row, and she turns and looks looks back at Eva, and Eva's kind of tilted to one side with just this big evil grin. On her face. Yeah. She's like a weeble wobble or something. Like she's gonna go back and forth with this big evil smile.
2: Yeah,
1: she's and one of the greats, man. She,
0: she it's it's weird because like you said, I think I mean, like I said, I, I don't love Pamela Franklin in this, although in my heart I do. I know oh, I course. do. Of course. I yeah. know I do. Um it's just like it's 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 such a weirdly put together episode because at the end of the day the thought I had was, is this even a Lucan episode? This 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 I, I feel like this could have been Something else, I mean, because he doesn't. Most of the stuff Lucan does, yeah, you kind of could have had anyone sort of really do it. There's not, yeah. you know, a, a lot going on. And and the big thing is that how does the episode start? A photo session with Ben and Ben and Jody and a bunch of a bunch of models. And then, um, oh, why do you want to talk to my brother? Oh, he took pictures of some people who uh, didn't have their kid. I was hoping to get their address. Oh, okay. And then. <laughs> and then somewhere in the middle of all this craziness, he gets the address and what happens in the final scene? Oh, Lucan's back. How'd it go? Oh, they weren't my parents. Ah, too bad. Better luck next time. Yeah, like, really? <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah. It's like he went to all he he got himself arrested two years in a work camp that he wasn't sure he'd be able to get out of i mean no, he's lucan and we think he'll be able to get out of. we're pretty sure he will but he he got himself arrested for people he just met yeah and put in a work camp for two years and that's why it's i think it's better your idea that maybe he should have just been caught like 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 boy what are you doing and thrown it rather than forcing it
1: I've already I've already thought of like the opening premise like he's because he hitches everywhere right so maybe yeah. he, so this is based loosely on a true story my dad hitchhiked when he was in the army in Kentucky uh, he had like a weekend pass mm-hmm. and he was hitchhiking I love that movie. yeah he had a he, he was hitchhiking to get back to the base and three guys picked him up and he took the fourth seat in the back and they got arrested because they had just uh bust they had just uh, robbed a convenience oh, store good Lord. and they thought my dad was part of it. And so they put him in a holding cell, and then the three guys were like, we just picked him up hitchhiking, he's fine. And they let my dad go, but what happened was (laughs) they wrote a pass for him, like an excuse, because he Uh couldn't get back to the base on time, and they didn't want him to get into trouble, but they didn't date it. So my dad spent like another week out (laughs) about in Kentucky, and then he went to the base and gave them the letter, and they excused it. So I'm thinking of that right now, and I'm thinking, well, why can't Luke and be hitchhiking? Mm -hmm. And he just happens to be in a car with somebody who they think committed a crime because he has to be innocent because Lucan has to keep, break him out or do something yes. to help him. Uh-huh. And and then he just gets c- caught up in mm-hmm. this guy's life just because he happened to get in the car with him. Like, that would be more feasible to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that gives him yeah. an excuse to get arrested. But I do like when he stole the car. And I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't really like the scene where he escapes
2: uh-huh.
0: because
1: the dog stuff was really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's a well done scene where he escapes and where, they, where they're, they're, they're getting away from there. And um, I mean, <coughs> it's just it's it, it's one of those things where I just watch it the whole time and I think, I, I you know, I know technically you know it's not like the show has much more to go, but and and so so you know, six episodes into a show, we can still be finding you know how exactly the show is going to work.
1: But this ain't it. No, they they've been knocking it out of the park. That's the thing. Yeah, that's and the so- thing if it all sucked up to this point, then you'd be like, yeah, they're trying to figure stuff out. But no, they they knew what they were doing, and I, I don't know that there's been an episode up to this point that hasn't been pretty good.
0: Yeah, so far they've been pretty, pretty darn good. And this one is just, a, it is a jumbled mess that barely and you forget that about Lucan at times. I forget I completely forgot that Lucan was in this at points.
1: Yeah, I thought you were gonna mention um when I'll the brother will. the brother uh turns out to be evil and then oh, not yes. evil like in two minutes and yes. it's like what is this?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, good, we're safe. Oh, we're not safe. Hey, we're safe again. It's yeah, like,
1: it's boy, just, that... it was such a weird. Ter- well, you didn't act like you wanted the baby, so I thought I was helping you by, like, you know, uh, it's, doing the stuff with the less home, and, and she's got and... a really great house, and I thought you'd like to hang out there, you know. <laughs> I just didn't know. And, and
0: and when the episode ends, you think the only good the only good people in this episode were Lucan and the baby and that's a TV show I'd watch Lucan and the baby
1: he was so good with that baby and I think he Kevin was. Brophy has like five or six kids
0: I think he does yes and I, think I, I, I yeah.
1: when I'm watching this in retrospect because clearly he I don't think he had kids at this point or I didn't know if he had kids you know when Lucan was on but like he he seems really into the kid, and it's really sweet yes. because I am under the impression that he's mm-hmm. a super cool dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I would <laughs> so, say so. Yeah, that's So obvious.
1: that was sweet to see that yeah. that interaction because it just made me think of like, oh, his future's gonna he's gonna have a bunch of those. Yes. and it looks like he knows what he's doing and he enjoys <laughs> uh, it, you know.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I have it playing here right now, and he's in the car talking to talking to um Pamela Franklin to, to Jody, and it is it it is so weird because if they had, yeah if they had broken it up into two then two separate episodes one with the you know maybe the rich lady and some kind of baby and then one at the work farm i think it would have been two darn good episodes but as it is it's just such a jumbled
2: goofball
0: yeah. mess that just changes i mean it's like you spend you know there's 10 minutes of him with the brother now 10 minutes of him with the sister and then what the heck was that thing about where those that car comes out of nowhere and drives him off the road who were those guys dude did i miss who they were
1: i'm only vaguely remembering that
0: do you remember when they get driven off the road and almost die in the car
1: crash? I am only vaguely remembering that.
0: See, there you go, folks. This yeah. is, there's so many things that happen in this episode, and it.
1: You know that's so funny because I'm thinking back to the Monty Markham Diana Mulder episode when he jumps on the cars. That I can remember clearly. Like the yes. other episodes, I can recall things really clearly, like where they happen in the episode and what's going on. But this one, I don't remember that. So, so it's so. It,
0: and and it's funny because it's it's another thing that happens in the episode where you're like did that have to happen? Because they're driving to the cabin and the cops are after them and then oh, the cops disperse yes. and then all of a sudden a car appears out of nowhere on the wrong side of the road drives them off the road into the woods That's and right. they, they almost all die in the car crash and like these and you're watching it it's like these these two guys are like oh my god man look what happened oh they're all right oh okay and they drive away and <laughs> I'm like did right. I miss did I miss who those guys were I
1: remember were that they, they're just were they a on the... of, they're awful because they took off. I remember that was, a, I remember that was that a good scene though I mean like ultimately mm-hmm. I think that's the most acting we got out of Pamela Franklin when she wanted to go yes. back to her baby and she was so hysterical over it that was probably yeah not mm-hmm. bad but yeah you're right it was totally like. It was like they just had what to have that, that happen come? to get to that Pamela Franklin moment.
0: And, it, and the funny thing was, like, they were surrounded by cops who were chasing them a moment yes. ago. Yes, and why not have just... one of the cops do that?
1: Yeah, it you was. Know, you're uh, right. It was. Uh, I remember that now because I was like,
0: what? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been great if it was like the deputy? Like, he and you see, the like, deputy. the deputy do it, and he thinks they're dead, and he just looks at him well, and laughs and drives away. It's this like, great... I lost him. I couldn't well, couldn't find him.
1: When they're, when they're first, I don't remember if it's the first or second time, I guess it's when Lucan's going to prison, and Deputy Clyde is like, you know what's going to happen to you? And then, like, <laughs> he goes in this big thing, and you think it's going to be really evil, and then somebody says, hey, we need you, Clyde. And he's like, okay. And, he's yeah. like, and then he breaks it off in the middle of saying something really evil. And I was yeah. like, why did you yeah. do that? Because he's amazing. <laughs> You know what I'm gonna do to you? Oh, I'm busy right now. After oh, my coffee break, oh, I'm gonna say what L- I'm gonna do. It.
2: <laughs> later on,
1: I'll
0: <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's um it's it's the the thing that worries me about an episode like this is um is if it does an episode like this once, it can do an episode like this twice. Yeah. And that's the worrisome thing because <sighs> it's it's a dud folks if you want to watch a dud of a television episode i think this is one yeah
1: you can try. i mean i will defend some of it but yeah it's just not I, I, okay i will defend don reed he's hot <laughs> if you're into hot 70s dudes this is your episode but like you can watch the lost boy and that dude's hot and um, <laughs> and it's better
2: yes yes
1: yeah. no this and, one's just how and it pains me to say that because I want to love every single one, but I guess there's just going to be one here that's not going to be loved.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm gonna say one more thing, and then I'll stop because I don't I don't like to be so negative. But then I was well, it's gonna happen. You know, it's not like it's not like this is a very negative show. We like, no. you know, you know. But Amy the Conqueror, and I loved to some extent almost every episode of the Planet of the Apes, and that's not a great show. So, so you know, we we could if we can find something to love in every episode of that show. Um, but oh, there are those guys on the screen. Oh, they're all right. <laughs> they drive away. It's like what?
1: And the car's is uh, like on fire. They're okay. Yeah.
0: And I, and I remember seeing them drive away, and I thought, "Oh, I missed it." Who were those guys? And then I rewound it a bit, and I was like, "Oh, they're not. They're not anyone. They're just. They're just guys. They're just. Maybe that wasn't even meant to happen. You know, maybe they just incorporated that into the script because there's no reason for them to have that happen. I mean, apart from maybe I guess some bonding with the baby, but I'm not convinced uh, of that. So, um, but uh, oh, in the beginning. Uh, the 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 way I could sort of tell was this was this was gonna go a little south is they're in front of like a storefront or something and 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 um, Ben the brothers taking pictures and Jody's talking to Lucan and whenever it cuts to a reverse shot of Lucan it's clearly he's standing in the studio in front of like a blue backdrop or something.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice that. And
0: that. it's go, go back and watch that opening scene because they're like they're on an exterior as far as I can tell. Um, and then it keeps cutting to these reverse shots and it happens in a later scene it keeps cutting to these reverse shots where clearly there that's a studio backdrop behind them and they're like not outside at all and it's so chintzy looking and I don't know I don't know if you would have noticed it on TV when you originally watched it on, on, on your old picture tube TV but you might have because it's really its its like it's like bad rear screen projection obvious kind of thing it's like where is that he's not anywhere near them and so I saw that and thought, ooh, that's not, um, why are they doing that? If if you can't shoot a reverse on him without it looking horrible, don't do it. That just, it takes you, it took me right out of it. And to be honest, 10 minutes later, I wish I had been out of it. Aww. So, um, but in the end, there's another episode coming up. Yeah,
1: so I mean, if you're going to watch it, just cling to Celeste home.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: That's a performance. Exactly.
0: Maybe and or a it, deputy it, it, play. Yeah, and I or maybe just turn down turn down the volume and put some music on or something. Because <laughs> you you don't really need to hear what's happening. You can tell what's happening.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: So, um, uh, so so I get. I mean, did you have anything else on this?
1: One? No.
0: <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Lucan. I'm sorry. Fans, super super fans of Lucan. Um, but uh, some sometimes like like someone close to me said the other day. Sometimes Lucan. Sometimes Luke can't.
1: Oh my it goodness! I want want want. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
0: it wasn't. It wasn't me. Um. Uh. So, or maybe it was. Or maybe it was. Uh. So, Amanda, <laughs> where, where can we, where can where can we find you online? What's going on? What's happening in this? Uh, where are we? The middle of May. 2023. Yeah. I
1: can never. I don't know what's been. Announced. I, I think I talked about the Texas on Massacre second yeah. site release. So I think the big thing that's happened since then is uh, that, uh, although it's sold out now, so you can't even get it. But Screen Factory released uh, Sorority House Massacre mm-hmm. on like a two new, two, a new 2K transfer, mm-hmm. and they included some extras, including an extra that's just me, oh yeah, talking about the movie, um, and I think it's called a Slash Course in Terror an interview yeah I know an interview with Amanda Reyes and um and I just talk about the movie and um and then there's some other cool extras on there but Uh, um but I think it's sold out
0: you know you know what you know what I uh, I'm I'm right we're done here I'm gonna go check because when I saw that like a week and a half ago or two weeks whenever they announced it I said I'm gonna get that as soon as I get paid and then I forgot all
1: about it yeah I think I think it says currently unavailable Uh, on the website Uh,
0: that's too bad yeah it's very sad uh, all right, well on that sad note Uh here's here's Gemini Man. Gemini Man episode six everyone. In the on the French DVD it's Crus Crussiere Oh that sounds more Italian, right? Um, it's, which I guess is Dangerous Crossing. But on here, I have it uh, as as Escape Hatch. So there you go. Um, so this is Escape Hatch, episode 6 of um, Gemini Man. Uh, this did not air on the network. This is the first episode that did not air on the network, DVD only. Um, as far as I know, it did air in France, because I'm watching a French DVD, and I believe it also probably aired in England because... As I'll, I'll mention during the last episode, I have a Gemini Man annual, and I'll talk more about those, um, which, you know, I would imagine they they showed the TV movie in probably all 11 episodes. So this is directed by Paul Stanley, and yes, he stole your love. And this is written by Leslie Stevens. It's nice to see Leslie Stevens back. It's weird not to give a date, but um, here there you go. Let me read you my um,
2: uh, review
0: from uh, some Polish American guy reviews, things.blogspot.com, uh, from August 20th, 2015. The saga of Sam Casey continues at least it does on DVD the show is no longer on the network at this point in it's run it's been replaced by a show called the Fantastic Journey which no one also watched or no one watched also it actually I saw it was replaced by Van Dyke and company uh, which was dick Van Dyke's sort of variety show which is funny because Barry Van Dyke who is I don't know I don't know I, I figure Barry is probably Jerry's son maybe um i I'm not sure um uh i i do know however that if you if you're listening to this episode um and well i i still haven't said what the the brand new old show is that we'll be talking about in the next segment but i will say that barry van dyke is also going to be in the episode that we're talking it's, it's weird we got all these different um back and forths and things going on in these episodes because pamela franklin is in this episode and she was in the lucan we just talked about and barry van dyke is in this episode and he's going to be in the next thing that we talk about here pamela franklin is much i like her much more in this i don't like her with the short hair that she has in the lucan episode i like her with the longer hair i like her dressed as a maid in the skirt with the heels and everything if this was earlier in the 70s i'd like her even more if you know what i mean and if you don't don't ask um but she's 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 lovely in this and uh Sam, the look on sam's face as he's helping her steer the boat in the end is the look exactly the look i would have uh so sorry so so yeah so uh, fantastic journey um van dyken company uh um uh fantastic journey bombed gemini man bombed van dyken company bombed thursday night from eight to nine was a bad time to be nbc in fact i think at that time wasn't it A bad time all the way around to be NBC. Until the mid-80s, I think it was a bad time pretty much to be NBC. It's up against the Waltons, Welcome Back, Cotter, and Barney Miller. Maybe the network was throwing away Gemini Man for whatever reason. Who can say? Well, I certainly can't. So regardless, with the magic of the DVD set, we can watch the six episodes that did not air in the U.S. That is a good thing. But is Escape Hatch a good episode? Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, there's a... I've got here a really cool picture of Sam sitting in a really 70's chair that looks like a giant egg that's been cut in half and the interior of the egg has been upholstered as a chair and Sam's sitting in it so anyway, Jane Y plays the oddly coiffed Ms. Carlyle who owns a huge number of ships for cruising and for defense. In the middle of an exotic cruise, her crew kidnaps her. Soon after that, the government receives a video featuring Ms. Carlyle announcing that she is selling all of her very valuable ships to a foreign power well this can't happen i know it you know it intersect definitely knows it so sam casey is sent with abby to the cruise ship to find out what the heck is going on it involves turning invisible a lot chicanery with early video technology abby in a tube top and all sorts of fun times there's a picture of jane white with the uh, saying she's selling all the ships and underneath it says selling out your country what would robert young have to say about that this episode is written by Leslie Stevens, the show's creator. This is the first episode with his name on it as a writer since the TV movie. So I'd imagine this is some sort of mission statement for where Stevens thought the show was going to go. But the credits also state that Stephen Botchko and Harve Bennett were co-creators. Their names are not on the TV movie, so the network must have brought them in later on. I'd love to know what the changes made were. The addition of that 12nd failsafe thing, probably. Although that becomes a big part of this episode, so so maybe Stevens did have something to do with that. At the end of the day, Stevens' name on it means it's probably going going to be a good time and it is and they do mention it's interesting if you remember in the um in the train night train to terror night train to Dallas they have the thing in the end where he's got like 17 seconds left and he has to save the gal or else she'll go away vanish forever and, and that was the first time pardon me that was the first time we heard about the fail-safe and um that uh, I, I guess it's um yeah it, it will it will make him visit it will it will turn off the watch so he becomes visible again before he runs out of time and becomes invisible forever this one adds the fact that some sort of buzzer or something goes off when there are only 10 seconds left which i would think have to be a little tricky if you're invisible and you're trying to do something and you're at the 10 second mark (laughs) you're sneaking around a room with bad guys and all of a sudden it goes
2: "Ah, ah, ah."
0: i'm sure it doesn't do that but still A buzzer or a noise is a noise and it does i think he does mention that it goes off here i don't remember hearing it but he does mention that it that it kind of clues him in here so that was something abby has added since the night the the train episode because that certainly didn't go off as he was riding down the hill on the horse in that episode back to my review Abby and Sam make a great team together. This one mixes in Pamela Franklin as the extremely cute Cruise employee Daphne. She helps our good guys out and Miss Carlyle's is in the most trouble. Sam gets to be invisible a lot here. He manipulates one of those spinning wheel things in a casino to get Abby a seat at the captain's table. There's also an awesome Deck B which is off limits. It has guards in the elevator and a secret recording studio where they are manipulating video to make Miss Carlyle seem like a traitor. Once you get used to that portion of the set with the elevator, that will appear a lot. I noticed that this is the third episode of Gemini Man that gives a character a very defining characteristic so it can be used for something important later on. A blind woman on a train, a deaf Christian woman, and now Miss Carlyle's odd hair, which later on sort of becomes um, an odd wig. And then I have a bunch of screenshots of Pamela Franklin, and it says I would have watched The Love Boat a lot more if she had been on it. The whole adventure has not one but two time deadlines on it. Sam is going to run out of his 15 minutes. Plus at 10 p.m., the deals will go through and the ships will be transferred to the bad guys. Wow, if it is close to 10 p.m., it still looks like the middle of the day. I wonder where they are. Uh, maybe they're maybe they're up north or something where it would still be light. Uh, the tension builds as the episode goes along. Daphne and Abby are stuck in a cabin. Sam is running out of time trying to get Jane White out to prove to the Navy she is under duress. Things arc up and up. It's never Hitchcock-level suspense, but it's good stuff. Stevens has worked out the plotting. The slow reveal of how the video is manipulated with an early discovery of sound not sinking to the lips is cool. Maybe a touch far-fetched, but when you have Sam Casey turning invisible with the help of an atomic watch, far-fetched is not even part of the equation. I have some picture of faux, faux Jane Wyatts because they have a, a woman, a Russian woman, who talks like this, I have to practice my words, uh, who is wearing a wig and has, you know, Jane White's actual hair underneath and she's the one who sits in front of the camera and she mouths the words to what is being said and then they have a woman who sounds like Jane White who looks like an old who who looks like an old lady who is a much older lady or although I don't know I don't, for all I know this is the mid-70s I mean the lady looks like she's probably in her late 50s early 60s me as far as I know she could be 27 I know it's, it's tough to tell right with like 70s stuff when people will say well what are you talking about I'm 38 yeah your mother you're 38 you're about 47 uh, maybe 50 um, but but and so they have they basically have the this woman speak the words and then they have them on a tape and this other woman um, recites it and recites it over and over again and and then they basically record the woman who looks like Jane Wyatt with the fa- with the wig on looking at the camera saying the words exactly as they're said on the tape. And then they they dub in the sound from the actual tape onto the words. Um, or or they hit play the tape and have her saying the words along the tape. I'm not, I'm actually, um, that, that, I don't know. That I, I don't remember if they actually say but that. but that's the way it works, is that she's, one woman is mouthing the words who looks like her and another is saying the words who sounds like her but doesn't look like her. Anyway, it's too bad that America didn't get to see this episode. This is more of my review. It's a good one. It's fun, loaded with suspense, clever, and has lots of Sam and Abby doing what they do best, it people. Leslie Stevens did a fine job of making The Invisible Man a la James Bond via Surfer. However, things are about to get tricky. With the next episode, the format of the show would begin to change slightly. The next episode doesn't do it in a bad way, but doesn't bode well for the future of the show, a future technically that the show didn't actually have. Things will begin to go off the rails soon, and that's too bad. And And there's actually a bit here I will not go down out in a down note enjoy these screenshots of the sequence where Abby flags down the cruise ship there's a surprise at the end, so you just basically get this ah uh, you you sh- you should see it it's about um on on the um on the d v d on the French dVd remembering its pal uh the the um the uh the continuity occurs about about. about nine minutes and 58 seconds in and there's a one long continuous shot of Abby in her tube top and jeans waving um a pole with a with a white t-shirt and the camera is sort of slowly moving in towards her kind of at a slightly high angle and it's going to kind of go towards her and then go around her so you can see within the exterior the interior of the boat and Sam is crouched down behind a blue chair, so you can't see him until the camera begins to tilt, so no one can see him. And then what happens is, and this is all one continuous shot except for a quick the quick watch insert that we see over and over again. But the cam- camera kind of goes around, and we see Sam there, and Abby's waving the thing, and then it cuts to the quick insert of the watch, and then it cuts back to the continuous to the to the shot that had had the edit put in the middle The Same shot as the obviously it's the same shot. And we see now um, that Sam is no longer behind the chair. Unfortunately, the ca- the angle is a little too wide. And if you look over on the far right of the screen, you can see Ben Murphy ducking down behind like a couch or a seat within the cabin, within the main cabin. So basically what happened was the shot was going, the shot was going, and they basically, Sam uh, will put the insert right here, Ben, you know, would yell out insert or something. I don't know what they did. Maybe he knew what to do, but he reached for the watch. The moment he reaches for the watch they cut to the insert. And then when they cut back he's supposed to go invisible. But what would really happen is we would have reached for the watch. They would have known the insert was going there. So they would have kept the shot going and they would have had Sam run and hide. But unfortunately um um unfortunately it looks like Abby doesn't give Sam enough time to hide and she's she um and sam is not fully hidden when abby starts delivering her lines and i would bet you from looking at that shot if they they were on a boat and the other camera was on a boat they probably did that once and were like we got it and went with it so there is in fact a continuity error there which is fun so those are always fun to spot i rarely spot them myself and when i do i'm always very proud of myself and I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep this bit short, uh, just because uh, trying to keep the episode shorter. And whenever we do a um, Amanda and I always talk long. And whenever we do, get the first episode of a brand new old show, that always goes long. So I think, like I said, I think the um, that review covers most of it. Um, I, I I I I like the way the uh, I like the Navy guy's hair that Leonard talks to. Probably about uh, eleven minutes in, it's got a nice kind of weird peak in the middle of it, almost like. Um, Like a fin or something, which I I guess he's in the Navy, so he does that to his hair. That's how you know he's the captain. He's got a fin in the middle of his hair. And I don't mean like a $5 bill. Or is that a $10 bill? That's a $5, right? Um, And I like that, I'm sorry, we can't send anyone on board the cruise ship unless we know she's under duress. Which means that Sam actually has to find where they've hidden her and say to her, are you under duress? And she says yes, and at that moment the Navy can come in. But then of course Sam... (laughs) To go from the deepest point in the ship where they're keeping her hidden and get himself to a radio to do this, but but it's okay. And Pamela Franklin helps out, there's a nice fight up on the deck. And um, uh, uh Abby and Daphne have, have a plan to, to to save the day, which works. And everything I like, how everything works very smoothly. And it, even when there's a moment where it's like, oh no, um, they they kind of get through it because because some and the suspense is there. Um, but it's it's not one that's kind of make you go uh, give you a heart attack or anything um and that's that's about all I have to say on this you know it's the um it's the uh it's the although I do have to say where did Sam get that tuxedo or whatever the heck it is he's wearing when he goes to the captain's table uh i I feel like maybe that's Ben murphy's own that he brought in um but anyway yeah we are at the official point in the show now and you know there's a weird thing we got we got Pamela franklin is the cute maid who helps them out but there's also a lovely lady who's playing piano who who Sam kind of flirts with and she gives him a bunch of information about Miss Carlyle but then she doesn't appear again which is weird i thought she would appear again but i guess you can't have too much going on but yeah that's about it. it's it's too bad people weren't able to see this episode not that not that suddenly like this episode would have turned the ratings around it was like oh my god everyone tune in episode 6 of Gemini man is the the must see hour of the 1977 78 is it seventy-seven, seventy-eight season um instead of course the show was off the air and had been replaced with van dyke and company and then a few weeks fantastic journey so gemini man was a was a was a long distant memory to the u.s at this time and i don't know if anyone watched it and then um in the u.s riding with death would be its thing that would come out in a few years i, I don't know what the year actually is on riding with death i want to say it's early 80s Riding with Death is that we'll talk about Riding with Death when we get to it. Riding with Death. If you know MST, they covered Riding with Death, which is the first episode, Smithereens, and the tenth episode, Buffalo Bill Rides Again, edited together that weird way they do stuff like that. And it's it's um it's strange but fun. So yeah. Oh, oh, one more thing. There is something that I guess I think could be a continuity error in that um, when we cut to the casino room, I think for the first time we see sitting at one oh sitting at a dinner table we see a woman who again I would I would guess she's probably in her early 50s she looks she's, she's a very good you know nice looking lady she got like um uh uh red sort of curly hair and uh, she's talking with some friends and white lady rather tan and um and again I would probably call her the pianist lady looks a little like uh, Maud abs oh and she gives Sam a little wink Abby's got a lot of clothes for being someone who was supposedly, um, uh, on a shipwreck or whatever it was. You've had, I like when Abby wins, you know, thanks to Sam, Abby wins dinner at the captain's table. She tried to meet Miss Carlisle and the captain's like, oh, you've had a very lucky voyage. Yeah, I I guess unless you count the fact that, you know, we were shipwrecked and I lost my husband and, um, if I hadn't found you, I would have starved to death or, or, or died of thirst out in the ocean. Sure, yeah, apart from that, it's a very lucky voyage. Um... They must have not only a stateroom for stuff like that, but actually like a wardrobe, too. Oh, you need me- women's clothes? Here you go. Dress like Abby. Um, oh, oh, that lady, that lady, the the, the lady. Uh, she has kind of red hair. Maybe I was wrong with that, but it's kind of reddish hair. Not like a shock of red hair, but reddish hair. It's curly. She looks like she's in her early 50s, but she's probably like, I don't know, 23. 23 um just a lot of smoking and but it's funny because she she's in that scene and she's like sitting she's on the right side of the screen sitting uh facing the left side talking to a friend who's facing towards us but then at the captain's table i think she's sitting at a table right next to the captain's table um and she's wearing a different dress talking to some people so um either she's twins or Or she's doing that thing where she accidentally made two dinner dates and she's running back and forth and she has to keep changing her dress. Or or she's having another dinner. Or um, she tried to get the campus table, didn't quite make it. Or it's just the same extra being used in another table. They they shot the casino stuff probably over a couple of days, and they're just using her in another table. I bet we could spot her at a third table. It's like if you you know if you watch you know Doctor Who enough, I think is is the monster of Peladon has has big fight scenes with miners and guards in it in like episode four or five or something like that. And apparently you could spot one like extra or stunt person or something like that getting killed like three times it's fun so yeah i'm going to stop right here because i talked longer than i meant to and i want us to go on to our uh, uh brand new old show i think i think you'll recognize the theme actually, i actually forgot what the theme is the theme you might recognize the theme here we go brand new old show time <laughs>
2: These many years we've endured the wilderness of space and now we near the end of our journey. We have at last found Earth. Did you recognize
0: the theme, everyone? Yeah, it's time. It's Galactica 1980. January 27th, 1980. This is Galactica 1980 episode 1 Galactica discovers Earth part 1 written by Glenn A. Larson, directed by Sidney Hares. And this one, after 30 years of searching, Battlestar Galactica have finally found Earth, but um, Dr. Z, the young man who is now sort of seems to be in charge of everything, even though Adam is there, says that um, they also may have led the Cylons there, and they're not sure that the er- Earth can handle a Cylon attack. And so they send Captain Troy, who is Boxy, and Lieutenant Dillon down to Earth, to uh try to well they send a lot of people down to earth but they they these guys get sent to los angeles to try to talk to a uh famous uh, sort of nuclear scientist played by robert reed uh to try to get him to uh to help them sort of convince the earth that um uh they can land and 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 finally settle down after all that time of traveling and they also meet up with a with a slightly wacky reporter and uh, they also, Pamela Susan Shoup, also plays, I guess, like the secretary slash assistant to Robert Reed's nuclear physicist. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's bikers and driving around and flying and, and precocious kids and all kinds of stuff happening. And then it ends on a cliffhanger, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So that is uh, that's a basic plot for Galactica 1980, episode one. Let me give you a blast of music. And you know who will be on the other side. Here we go. Uh-huh. Galactica 1980 begins, and I am here. You know who I'm here with. It's the great, the great, the. I was gonna say the the great bright. That's not right. That's not what I meant to say. The great bright, the great bright, great bright, Mr. Christopher Bly. How are you, sir?
3: Galactica cast is back on the air. So
0: we are here. Uh, it's now 1980. Everyone, welcome. Welcome. And we are discovering Earth with with the new gang of clowns on the Galactica, and I I, I will I will ask this this um although uh, although I, I don't think it's going to have uh, we kind of sort of answered it uh on the first episode when we did Battlestar Galactica but. Uh, Galactica nineteen eighty. Do you have a history with it? I can't imagine many people having much of a history with it. But do you have? Do you remember when you first saw it, or is this the first time you
3: saw it? Or I think it might have been you know so, like maybe bits and pieces on the Sci Fi Channel. Okay, that, that was kind of like my my first introduction, and it's always the first episode. I've never gone beyond it. <laughs> so and also to now that I really you know when, with us covering this that this is in three parts. I had no idea of that either. So I go like, well well Jesus and what the, what the, what the hell, are you but at the same time I go, okay, you know, we're on part 1 on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, the only thing I knew about it basically was somehow, you know, we had new people and Robert Reed just happened to be in this room. So. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. And um and Lauren Green's grown a lovely grown a lovely uh, beard mustache.
3: And he still has his pronunciations going there too, yes. you know. Once again, hey, he wouldn't be Lorne without it, you know. And they—they uh, they made him agent, but you know, it makes you wonder, though, on this, you know, as we learn uh, on this episode, they're not going to not go into it too much just yet. Did everything in Battlestar Galactica take place in the fifties somehow? Because just that was,
0: yeah. I can. Yeah, let's let's talk about that in a moment. I I would just um uh I, I want to ask. Well, oh, 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 let me just uh my, my history with the Galactica nineteen eighty is that I'd heard of it. And when I got the Blu-ray box set, it's on the box set. So I've only watched the first—I'd only watched the first maybe four episodes. So so now I'm finally going to get to the end of it. So that's my history with it—not that much. But but what did what did you think of the episode overall?
3: Um, you know, for part one, it's an intriguing start. Mm-hmm. Yet you know, it's it's a lot of Universal stock footage. Used throughout. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they were going through like, you know, the dangers of this this world here, you know, and then they get, they go full throttle into it with, um, which basically gives us, as far as part one is concerned, the only uh, imagined vision of the Cylons mm-hmm. on that. But basically, you know, like I said, it's an intriguing start, and like I said, you know, we don't have the the uh, Slickster. Um, Starbuck or Apollo yes. to get, and, but we kind of. It seems like they've been kind of written off because we learned that Kent McCord is adult boxy, basically. Yeah. So it's like, so here's our connection right now to our past show. Now, unfortunately, he must have got given up the Daggett somehow. Because, I was going to say,
0: where's the Daggett?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a couple of them in there, but mm-hmm. you know, not our our main one here. You know, so, as but so I said, I guess he got past uh, liking his um, cyber pets, if, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, but then we have Barry Van Dyke, who basically the voice is unmistakable. He's mm-hmm. definitely a Van Dyke whenever he's speaking there, because it's it's like kind of like a uh, not a lower volume uh, Dick, but basically it's like it goes to show the vocal mm-hmm. vocalizations are very similar and enunciated. And there's mm-hmm. one thing I could say about this episode was enunciation. Now we're also introduced to a Doctor Z. Who, intriguingly enough, no relation to the hanging with Doctor Z that we know and love right now. Bless you, Zayas, But you know, but uh, but I, I we don't know if this guy has a last name or not. Mm-hmm. But he's in white, and for what I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, uh, it is a familiar face. We mm-hmm. know this person on previous uh, shows as Cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, but here's the thing: was that I, as I was watching, you know. Part one, and you know, whatever we've seen of Dr. Z so far. Uh, I said, Are we sure this is not the intergalactic Warren Zevon? Because <laughs> some, somehow he has a resemblance to him, and I wonder if that was inspiration. Bit, yeah. Hmm. Know, especially, he's like, he's got, and also now he's the new one in the high chair now. We don't yes. have Curious Leader so, yet, you know, if it, we know, because like it, I said, this is only the first part.
0: That, it's, 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 a, it's a sort of weirdness that, um, you know the Cylons kept put Baldar in a very very high chair that gradually got lower, sort of as mm-hmm. the series went along. But in this one, they put Doctor Z in, and and the good guys are following him. Whereas in the past, it seemed to be more of a conglomerate of people making decisions. In this, it's Doctor Z's never been wrong. Yeah, and and he like, has really?
3: a lot. He has a lot of TVs too, if you notice.
0: He does have a lot of TVs. Yeah, and I thought I thought Glenn, is that first first off, is it you know I don't know if cousin Oliver had. As much of a stigma you know as he would get, sort of as being you know cousin Oliver, you know ruin that show or everyone hates cousin Oliver, I mean, as always, I refer to the x files episode with the Brady Bunch you mm-hmm. know with the with the guy who just wants to be who thinks he's cousin Oliver because yeah. everyone hates him and and you know and he's alone um uh but but this it's 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 weird to see him in this and and it's weird to see it's slightly it's kind of weird to see like Adama, dama who is such a strong commander now being like, hey. Uh, kid, could you tell me what to do? Mm, You know, and being like, like like we after thirty years, they I don't remember them saying thirty years. I remember reading somewhere that this was thirty years later. Um, or do they say it? I don't remember. But it's um,
3: it takes another. Well, they also said too that he was somebody that was got intelligence early. Yes, and uh, but I also it kind of equates me with we're going to talk about modern day cinema. I said, well, he's kind of having a similar evolution, not unlike Eric Stoltz in The Fly Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah he's
0: he yeah and he's he's sort of one of the first um sort of one of the first kids or one of the kids who was born on the journey. Mm. So I don't know if that means being out in space and being through all this somehow.
3: Heightened. Sounds like he was born into the Matrix, right? There,
0: yeah, so. yeah, like the boor- the you know, the the child of the computer or something like that, you know. And but it, it is interesting th- to see like a Adama who's always like, "We're going to do this and we're going to do that," and, you know, we finally finally found Earth. We're going to go to we're going to go down there. No, we're not. Oh, sorry, young man. I hmm. did. I apologize. I've only been commander for about thirty five years. Well,
3: it it again, is a. It's the person It's the person in the high chair that you basically want to jump in. It's like, you know, get a hold of yourself and kind of like, you know, get that like airplane kind of line going there. Like you want to beat the crap out of him, you know, just yeah. like that. But <laughs> at the same time, maybe he knows something. Maybe he doesn't, but he says... No, we can be patient. He Also, too, the vocalizations are very similar to if anybody remembers that episode of Star Trek, the Corbin Maneuver. Mm-hmm. It's kind of somewhere along the same kind of Clint Howard lines of, you know, oh, yes. we know that there's pronunciation going on there, but we don't know if that's the actual voice, but it sounds like somebody yes. kind of dubbed it with a little, you know, kind of, uh, kind of a <laughs> youngster kind of thing. I think it was also, too, to bring in the young people saying, like, well, we had Boxy, Absolutely, we don't yeah, have that. Yeah. You know, Noah Hathaway's or a lot of the people from the original Galactica, not with us. And basically, they, everything always happens in Los Angeles, so we already know the budget is kind of uh, yes. cut and limited, and we don't get to see as much of the intergalactic, maybe some some laser shots, but not as grandiose. And also, like, the beginning is pretty abbreviated, because you just see the names, you don't see them in the circle, you don't see mm, them. Yeah. And I don't know if it was that, at that time, uh, Glenn Larson was more onto the Buck Rogers universe more so than it could
0: have been or even the bj and the bear universe right now because mm. both bj and the bear and lobo are running at this moment too so it's like crazy mm. and you almost wonder sort of when you when you watch this it's like if he was almost thinking damn it i wish they'd cancel that
2: <laughs> oh i i
0: wish i have so many other things going on i
3: kind of wish
0: <laughs> they they had they had gotten rid of that yeah and i i've been playing here now the cylons are attacking but not really yeah. And well, I open. said
3: what was good. It was a great simulation too, because mm-hmm. it was. I said this is intriguing. Like I, mean, I tried to think of how much of this is like the footage from earthquake, and yes. how much of it is not. You know, in that case, or if this was something that was just uh, created on there. Not too bad a job, but at the same time, do. we go a little reverse on it. You know, so
0: that thing happens in some of the shots that happened. Remember, was it the the one where the Galactica's on fire? and every once in a while you'd see the shot of the burning room and it was like a different aspect ratio. It was like um, Mm. bent out. Occasionally when you see the shots of like houses collapsing it looks a little bent because Earthquake was 235. Mm. And so they're smushing it. So there are some shots. There's like a shot of like people running by a house as it sort of collapses to one side.
3: There's a lot and, of people running as you can see in this y- one too.
0: Yes, yes, and and you could you could really sort of see kind of if you if you look at the it's kind of the quality of the image kind of goes a little strange when they have to smoosh it. But you can see that in a few of the shots. But in general, they do a pretty good job. They
3: shoot up the Cinerama dome. I saw uh, that. Oh, geez! And, I, and, I, my, and, and the Capitol building of all yes, things. Yeah, <laughs> yep, they shot the Capitol Records
0: building up, and they shot up the Cinerama dome, where I've seen many a good film. Ooh. Include. I was trying to think what I, I I'd seen there. Lots of stuff. The Simpsons movie, Hot Ooh. Fuzz. Uh, Trish from Shandy. I saw the Mr. Rogers documentary there. I saw Turbo, one of the DreamWorks movies. I saw tons of stuff.
3: I was almost going to ask, did you see Battlestar Galactica in there? Is the I question.
0: did not. That would have okay. been great. Mm. Um, so, uh, oh, oh, just just overall, my thoughts on it are similar to your thoughts. Um, it's It's, I think it's a good idea that since mm. they were cutting the budget on him that he did this. It makes sense to do this. My only thought when it starts off is, um, where exactly is he going to go with this? Because, when he actually settles in, and we get halfway into the episode, and there the bikers are harassing them, and then they meet <laughs> um, they meet the reporter lady whose name I know I wrote down, but I don't see it here. Jamie, ja- Jamie Hamilton, yes, Jamie, and she shows up with Billy Joel's "My Life" playing. On her radio, really loud.
3: Well, it did forecast bosom buddies, even if it's a sound alike. It's,
0: yes, right? and, and and two and two. This was the time where I, I want to say at least four episodes of BJ and the Bear began with BJ listening to that. Probably the same sound alike. <laughs> and um, uh, so I think we're in the same universe here. It's funny to think that like if I look in the background of one of these episodes, I might see BJ's big red truck go by.
3: That hey, if it's cool. if it's you know it is the verse after all, so yes. why not you know? And also too, I said you know of those bikers, you have two guys that are familiar of being yes. kind of those. Two. I mean Brian James yes. pre Blade Runner yes. here, which yes. is intriguing. <laughs> and we also have uh, Mickey Jones before he would end up uh, one of Ham Tyler's bunch on V. Yeah, you know, and uh, as well as he he also was and uh, he had a brief role in Total Recall as well. But he, they, you see him around with the long hair and the beard there. It's in quite a bit of stuff. It's,
0: and it's, it's, it, it's, it's fun to watch it sort of in L.A. at that time because like um, this was made about a year, year and a half after um, the movie Stunt Rock, which is a movie I love.
3: And blessings, blessings uh, on
0: that <laughs> one. And in Stunt Rock, there's a sequence they shoot on an unused stretch of L.A. Freeway.
2: Uh-huh, and, yes.
0: and and Brian Treacher-Smith, the director, says this was just a stretch of freeway that they were they had been building, and they stopped, and it was just like a mile of like nothing yeah. next to real freeway, and you could use it. And I think actually there's a point during that motorcycle scene where they're on that exact same freeway. I kind of recognize the overpasses, mm. and, and, and when I saw that, I thought, I think that's the same spot where Stunt
3: Rock <laughs> Try to take advantage, you know? Yeah.
0: And and it's it's just one of those interesting things where, um, you know, like Battlestar Galactica, the show, the first hour of it is so apocalyptic and crazy and leaves Mm -hmm. you kind of worn out and like, oh my gosh, where do we go from here? Right. Uh, And this this is kind of a different thing because they've they've made it, but now... The sort of what they've been told they have to do is something that could be done quickly or could take seasons mm. and the problem I have with it is that after the first episode I will say that um, uh, Troy and Dylan um, don't grab me sort of with the same charisma that Starbuck, that, that's and, Apollo. Starbuck
3: and Apollo yeah Yes. But, uh, I mean, so, it's intriguing to see one half of... Um, you know, it's funny. When I look at Kent McCord in this one, he kind of gives me vibes of Harry Hamlin in this. Actually.
0: He does. He yeah. does. And and the, the thing is, like, I love... I'm a big fan of Adam-12, and I love him in Adam-12. But then you realize one of the reasons you love him in Adam-12 is because he's with Marty Milner. And Marty Milner's so much fun. And the two of them together are great. Barry Van Dyke is sort of... Um, at the end of this episode, I wasn't completely convinced that I would want to watch 22 hours of of a season with these two guys as the lead.
3: That's only part one, so basically, it is, you know, just it's it's sixty. cents like it you know, might be one of those things of okay, give it time. They'll grow. Maybe he'll me. develop. Yes. They'll, they'll, they'll grow. Maybe, maybe not. They're, the other thing too is, I it always seems to me like Kent McCord likes to follow the numbers. If you think about it, you know, Adam uh-huh. twelve like oh, yeah. the 1980 mm-hmm. airplane 2. I mean come on. That's he's it. following the numbers I mean.
0: That's it. I hadn't thought of that. That that makes sense. I th- I think part of what it is is both both Starbuck and Apollo, well the actors are very charming, very charismatic, and in slightly different ways. And here Ken McCord is has his charms but he's 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 very good as an LA cop in a Jack Webb show. I'll yeah. say that, but which it's means
3: it's it's basically he's kind of just like, you know, just going through pronunciation and kind of a just like, you know,
0: stoic. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing with uh, Dylan, Barry Van Dyke's character is, like I said, he's they, it it so I, I'm I, I, which is only the first episode, but it's it, it seems almost like they're they, they don't have the uh, camaraderie of starbuck and apollo now maybe that i i don't when they first meet each other i can't quite tell whether or not they've uh, gone on missions before or this is sort of kind of the one of the first times it's a little tough to tell i thought and it's uh, not
3: really that that bit of tragedy like we got thrown into true on the yeah. pilot episode of galactic i mean yeah so we, we don't have like rick springfield uh, getting blown uh, blowed up uh kind yes, of unexpectedly of in that good, way. Yeah. But there was, but like I said, in the first, that pilot episode, they had things to develop like, we realize he's a gambler, he likes the mm-hmm. women, uh, that's uh, Starbuck. And then Apollo is kind of like one that he's got his kind of things that he has to live up to, he's mm-hmm. part of the family. That's a little, the little more serious,
0: serious because of that, yeah.
3: And, you know, and... basically Boxy's part of the family, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you got Adam at kind of like an age right now where he is mm-hmm. not as energetic as he was, Yes, you know, Previous to this, so yeah, and I th-
0: I think too this was originally meant to be like Battlestar Galactica a three hour po- episode, mm. and, and they split it in and the network said oh you're not doing that again, and so they split it into three so it's it was originally meant to be watched all together, mm-hmm. but it as far as I know, has never been shown altogether. So unlike if you if you watch Battlestar Galactica and Syndication now, Saga of Star World is in three parts, but that was meant to be all at once. This it, if you see I, is this in Syndication, I don't know. I I imagine it oh it's 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 joined up with Battlestar Galactica, I think, sometimes.
3: Yeah. And um, how long has it been since that's been shown on true, yeah. any of the channels, which kills yeah. me since and,
0: and, and, but, but but this was actually this was meant to be seen Altogether, but it never was. It was shown in chunks. And so I'm thinking I should reserve judgment on character until I get to the end of episode three, when he's at the end of telling sort of his first full story. Although Mm. I did think Saga of a Star World, like if you remember back in the day when we talked so long ago, um, Saga of a Star World felt to me like the first hour was a pilot, Mm. and then the second and third hour was a two-hour standalone episode that he put together and made a yeah. 1 3 hour thing this
3: See that
0: i don't know if i don't know if this is going to feel like that at this moment it it starts off you know it's it's going along well and it ends you know with them trying to contact robert reed really who hasn't and <laughs> um and uh you know with them in prison and this this reporter hopefully going to bring them all together etc cetera, etc cetera, whatever and then then a kid finds their ship which was invisible in a field
3: which, well it's kind of like you know star trek 4 kind of borrowed this years yes. later in a way you know and That's, also too and it's like what kills me is that you know the, the kid first off the kid looks a bit like a male version of Jill Whalen from the love boat funny enough
0: yes yes
3: eerily you know yeah kind the of like...
0: first season she's in yeah when she's a little kid yeah yep yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the um the, the and the tricky the tricky thing with that invisible park and spaceship is that um and, and because I have to bring it up in every episode um this is early 1980. And give me a second, 1979, 1980, around this time, there was supposed to be a Doctor Who serial airing in Britain called Shada, which was written by Douglas Adams. But it was it was never finished, although it has now been finished on DVD and Blu-ray. It was never finished and never shown in 1980 due to strikes at the BBC. Huh. So they were only able to shoot about a third of it. Then strikes shut everything down, and by the time things started up again, everyone had gone, like, cast and crew had gone, there separate, and they couldn't redo it. But one of the things in Shada is that the... Um, they were trying to save money on the villain's spaceship, so Douglas Adams made it invisible. So, he, the basically, an invisible spaceship lands in the middle of, like, Hyde Park,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and this man strolls out of nowhere, strolls down an invisible um, staircase, and then later the Doctor has to find it. So So, at the same time that... Glenn A. Larson was coming up with a visible ship, so was Douglas Adams. Now, I don't know what that means, but I don't know if that means anything, but it's kind of interesting that you, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. And no, now you have I... two things doing this at once.
3: And the funny thing, yeah, and of course, you have the motorcycles that could fly, yes, you know, on that kind of element there, which you know it's, yeah, it's everybody like well, I'll it's, say the stunt guys really got their uh, time's worth you know with some of those uh, motorcycles those, falls, those motorcycle falls there, you know it
0: Probably seems one like of them didn't
3: blow up at one point there it's
0: like, it's, it actually seems like when you watch that motorcycle scene that like they had like motorcycle stunt footage. And they decided let's make a scene around it because when the guys fly away on their motorcycles, they get in that whole gang <laughs> crashes on the side of the freeway and down a an hill, mm-hmm. and it's like wow that's wow that's that's I and I do like the way they sort of do the um uh yeah here I've got the freeway scene that is that's the freeway mm. that's that that the, there's a scene where they're coming in under an overpass. Under under an overpass, yeah, uh-huh. A- and um and that's it. That's that that's that same from Stunt Rock that the van comes out that yep. that um, Monique Van shoots at with the gun and it explodes into flame and then Grant Page leaps out the front window. Yeah, wow. Oh, that's it right there. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh, they're the bad guys, the motorcyclists. Yeah, poor motorcyclists. They don't know they're going <laughs> on an abandoned freeway.
3: And also something's got to be said about when Robert Reed goes into maniacal mode there is something to just absolutely freaking love about it, you know, and in this particular <laughs> one where he's kind of in that, that thing of like seeing all his descriptions. And of course they add something to their formulas. Like if these guys are who I think they are, they have something yes. that's greater for humanity more than the, the reappearing of the Messiah. You are know, like mm-hmm. it's that, but it's also just that whole buildup. I can only yeah. think about, it was an episode of Barnaby Jones or like some of the other ones where he just gets into that like vibe so much. So he mm-hmm. looks like he's ready to just like, just, Absolutely like, you know, Blazing yes. Comet, Robert Reed. Mm-hmm. And here, it's no exception on this one. Basically, in this part one, he has his yes. moments for sure with his assistant He's there, kind old. of going into that, uh, that whole... It's like I said, okay, if this guy's becoming a regular part of this, please, by all means, let's hope he gets maniacal more maniacal as the <laughs> weeks go along here.
0: Because he, he has a speech when we first see him about nuclear power. Mm-hmm. He sounds like Mr. Burns or something. And then in, in the... Um, yeah, and then he has a speech later on where he mentions the the coming of the Messiah, and I thought that was a I did not expect a nuclear physicist to have that be one of the things, one of the most important things in human history. I uh, because one, it, you know, it hasn't happened, right. and two, we don't know when or if it's going to happen. So it's it's strange that someone dealing in actual practical things would mention that.
3: But he does fit, fit that kind of description of the doctor. He said, okay, yes. it looks like he could have the mode of a mad scientist at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and and, even with the big glasses. Yeah. And,
0: and, and the great thing is that his, um, his secretary or assistant, whoever it is, if you were watching BJ and the Bear about one month before this, well, at Christmas time of 1979 and you watch the great silent night, unholy night BJ and the bear Christmas episode, mm-hmm. uh, where BJ helps out a pregnant woman whose whose husband is played by Ted Danson, but she is the great Pamela Susan Shoop. Ah, uh, yes. Who, from the,
3: uh, from, who,
0: from who, Halloween who, Two. Yes. 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 From Halloween Two. If you've seen her in Halloween 2 you've seen a lot more of her than you do in this, where she's mainly in a really big dress. Mm. Um, but it's the great Pamela Susan Shoup who was a couple episodes ago. She was on a Gemini man, and she is in. She is in everything good about the world. She's one of my favorite. She should have been a Charlie's Angels. I said that before. She should have been a Charlie's Angels. Oh, she there's
3: many that should have. I mean, that's that's too big True. a list. But I could say we could, could have Joanne, Joanne
0: Pflug should have been a Charlie. Yeah, there's just uh, a whole list.
3: We we could have had Shirley Smith on that one. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, his assistant. And it's nice to see uh, Robert Reed and Pamela Pamela Shook together. In a scene, and um, and then the guys show up and you know kind of do their thing. But and, yeah. and I, I'm guessing we might not see her again, but that's okay. It's always nice to see her. She should have got her own show.
3: Yeah, and like I said, you know, Reed kind of gave it that shot of energy that yes. we're sort of getting in the beginning, but then when he comes in there, all of a sudden yes. things starts like, you know, okay, let's get down to business on that. I,
0: I think I think part of it, the moment they get to Earth, it loses it a bit because they start to do that thing where, like, they're, oh, we're misunderstanding everything. and Oh, the yeah. motorcycle guys are speaking this, but we don't get their slang, or we don't yeah. understand how a payphone works. It's like, I, do we want to see this? Yeah. We just spent... We just watched 21 episodes of Battlestar. And it wasn't like... It, it It would be one thing if like the gap between this and Battlestar Galactica were 5, five years, 10 years. It's like 6 yeah. months. It's like 6 months since Galactica... Well, actually, since like um, reruns went off the air, it's probably only like 4 months or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not like there's a huge gap. I mean, there's a gap in time, obviously, between... Within the actual shows, but it's like we just saw—you know—we just finished our adventures with the Galactica gang four to six months ago, and did we really tune into this new show to watch? Well, how does a telephone work? What, Dylan? What is love? They don't say that, but you know what I mean. It's that sort of thing. Well, not um, yet, (laughs) not not yet, but soon. But it's um, and it's nice to see those moments when they sort of. It's it's nice to see it isn't all like hey where how does what is. Um, exact change, you know. There, it, it isn't that bad. <laughs> I say
3: there's a lot of Star Trek Four here. If you, if you yes. think about it. It, it, it kind of refined it, improved it, and kind of put it into like, like everything and relocated it too at the same exactly. time.
0: Exactly, well, And I think that the, the joke of Star Trek Four is that you know it's not going to be more than two hours, right? Whereas with this, you're watching this and going, "How long is Glenn A. Larson going to
3: have this go on?" I it's know funny it's only how the first it, hour. It's funny how the uh, that boxy gets accused of breaking a box. Now,
1: well, what else would he
3: yeah. call it boxy in that case? But I say, of course, he didn't break the box. But I'm going like this one. This reporter was very insistent on yes. <laughs> pushing some blame there. You know.
0: Yes, that that was weird. I mean, um, yeah, that that was strange. Like when they stand there and all the change flies out because they're sort of doing scientific things to it. She gets really pissed that they knocked like. Three dollars and forty cents worth of change out of that phone booth. You put that three fifty back.
3: Oh, how dare how they! The,
0: how, how is the phone company going to survive on this middle of the desert phone booth if if you don't put that three dollars and fifty cents back? Where are they going to put it? Where I feel gonna... bad.
3: I feel bad if she's going to end up being in the same uh, room as Starman. In that case, you know, <laughs> talking about losing change there. You know, yes. I mean, what I like.
0: Put the put the money back in the box. No, no I, I like that's the first thing she should put it back in the box. So they're just gonna put in three fifty and like, well, how far can I call? Mm-hmm. How, where where can I? Where will three fifty get me? Let's see what you know. But but then I guess that's not right because if they put the three that three already spent on a phone call, so they put yep. it in again and take another phone call. <laughs> Give and that, take. That would they Then they'd owe three fifty. I don't know. So so anyways um. Yeah, it's one of those sort of interesting episodes where you go, okay, so they've reached Earth, but suddenly they're no closer to Earth than they were when they were on Ice Planet Zero.
3: Yeah, and 30, you know, they went zero. into jail, and they can't figure yes, out the sir. fingerprints, And but then, of course, the invisibility ends up working their way to kind of their escape, and I'll tell you, it's more invisibility that you'll see than Bert Campbell could ever have in one episode of Soap.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, and I mean, obviously, we're getting a lot of visibility here. And the other, sh- the show I just talked about a few minutes before we started talking is Gemini Man, which mm. has a whole bunch of Sam Casey turning invisible. I wish someone in Lucan turned invisible. Actually, the episode of Lucan we talked about, I wish everybody turned invisible in it. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a very invisibility heavy episode. Oh, and I forgot to mention. The um and and I just want to say hi to myself in the previous segment because I think I said hi to me when Barry Van Dyke shows up in that Gemini Man episode I just talked about. He
2: uh-huh. plays
0: the he plays you know that he's they're on a cruise and they have one of those wheels you spin you know that has like five dollars ten dollars dinner with the captain kind of thing <laughs> and Sam Casey invisibly screws around with it and Barry is the guy at the wheel spinning the wheel. So as I it's like, hey, gotta that, be a, that,
3: so that's it's pretty it, cool from the past basically it's saying that he has a gambler past similar yes. to maybe one star book but we yes. haven't really reached that oh, level I just hadn't yet
0: thought of that. So, so it all ties together
3: somewhat ties... somewhat
0: <laughs> so um what what else on this one i'm gonna scan my the, the thing with this one folks has is we we get the setup and the setup is now we do see um we do see don't we we see xavier is
3: yes xavier? Uh, just for one brief Yes. moments of kind of having his objections and I kind of have my kind of things, but he's only in one scene here. Mm-hmm. So, but I have to say, bringing Richard Lynch into anything, anything. <laughs> is is some stock going up right there.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, and you also it's it's also one of those things where when you the moment you see him you go, oh now where is that going? Yeah, uh, Because generally when you see Richard Lynch it ain't yeah, it's gonna go somewhere maybe a little strange or something like that. But it doesn't in this episode you just see him briefly again split up into three.
3: And not only um, that, but he was just coming off a vampire too. You know, yes, to, that's I guess right. ABC wanted to hang on to him, you know, from yeah. that. And that's a a very well made T V movie that I it's said to me should mm. be like a regular amongst like any Halloween movies I said, Well yes, that's gotta be in yeah. the mix somewhere because that it is needs, extremely well done.
0: That needs a that for this Halloween that needs a nice Blu-ray. This 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 Halloween TV movies, we need that and the Midnight Hour. Thank
3: you, thank you. Yes. Well, and then also too, like the the Halloween that almost wasn't. Yeah,
0: we could do that too. Yeah, that would be great. I, I, that should be a short included on the Midnight Hour because those would be really lovely
3: together. Yeah, especially. I mean, hey, you know, Hirsch's uh, Dracula. Come on, yes, yeah.
0: come on, that's fantastic. And yeah, it's and you may if you if you happen to look that special up, you might read a few people who really hate it. You know what? It's a charmer. It really and it's, is.
3: Much yeah, well, and come on, there's some disco dancing involved. It's got, to, it's, it's, got it's, to, it's It ends a,
0: at a disco dance party. Come on, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. You know, and Midnight Hour has that great scene, I'm dead, you're dead, or whatever it is, where they it, sing where Sherry Belafonte Harper or Belafonte sings on the um
3: Oh, it's a classic. It's it's, a, it's, it's,
0: it's a super fun. It's a super fun. It's one of those mid '80s movies along the lines of Your Night of the Creeps, Your Return to Living, De- well, sure. Living Dead, well, more Return Living Dead Two, Your Neon Maniacs, Your mm. Your Your The Gate, that kind of film. The, that that's horror, but it's a little more even Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. It's a little brighter. It's a little more fun Thank than you. horror. Of, mm. Horror of the first half of the '80s, which got which did get dark. I mean, man, Maniac, Don't Go in the House, things like <laughs> that. Even a film like I I watched re-watched the other night, Wolfen. Really uh, great film.
3: Speaking of it. a movie that could be a probably a good companion to Vampire, right? There would be that one, mm. being that, you mm. know, you had, like, the the sacred ground, you know, mm. and something is happening within the sacred ground that's yes. uh, being invaded. And I said that kind of happens in Vampire as well, so yes. you can have to, Little elements, maybe there was a little uh, Whitney Schreiber, uh, yeah, yeah touches somewhere in there, but you know. Ooh. But at the same time, they're both awesome. So
0: yes, yes, yeah. Wolfen, I always the thing I always love about well, I I enjoy it, but I always like the fact that you know the guy who directed it, his only other film was Woodstock. So every <laughs> so every time you see those huge like landscapes where everything in in, in this, where everything's like in rubble and a mess, you expect the camera to turn a corner like Country Joe and the Fish will be playing. Yeah. And and so like,
3: oh, you go d- back to the, and then forward that into the Omega Man, and there you go.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly.
3: Ten years after,
0: right around the corner. I'll see him. I'll see him. Um, so back to Galactica, nineteen eighty. Yes. Um, what what else do you have on this one? We I'll, never I'll have specifics. Oh, a
3: yeah. little, little bits. We don't have a specific time with this invisibility yet. Somehow mm. we kind of feel a little bit because of our last moment that we have in part one here, saying, mm. "Okay, well, this looks like it's the entire day." Yes, but. There seems to be a limited time, but there's it's never specified in part one at least. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, other, just, but other than that, to... it's
0: an intriguing start. It's a it's, it's a very intriguing start because they 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 introduce enough people to to keep us interested. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I I'm not. Uh, hopefully, I will be by the end of episode three. I'm not fully sold on the two main guys. They're not right. they're not completely grabbing my attention. Um, the uh, uh, Jamie, I can't quite tell either. She's got too much, uh, a little too much of the stereotypical nineteen eighty. I'm gonna do. I'm going out there, and I'm gonna. Ma- yeah, I'm gonna it's make my job. It, yes, exa- yeah, and and so to be honest, I'd rather watch Pamela Susan Shoop and Robert Reed in a room for an hour. But um... actually, I'd rather be in a, a room with Pamela Susan Shoop for an hour. But that's another show. That's a dream of my. Sorry. Um, so. Um, uh, uh, we got the formulas, we got the this, we got the that. We got some nuclear things. We got It all ends with that little kid seeing the ship appear. The ship always looks cool, just the big practical ship. Mm. Just it always looks cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I think, like you said, it's an intriguing episode that t- when I got to the end of it, I, first off it was, okay, what's going to happen next? But second, I really wanted to know how because one of the things is it's their, It's not just them being sent to a place Galactica warriors and, and soldiers and everything are being sent all around the world mm. to various places to try to convince certain people to help them well, it's, it's to, to help them sort of advance technology to the point where they can defend themselves against Cylons because the Cylons are somewhere nearby
3: as we're and told, you know. So. As
0: we are told. Yeah, we don't see it, but we're told. Um, and, uh, and, and I mean, that's that's tricky sort of, too. You know, it's it's funny. I thought, like, you know, I all I thought of was V, you know, and the aliens just kind of show up. Yeah. And we love them. And they're great. And then they start, you know, eating all our mice. Mm. And things go to shit. Things go to shit pretty quick in V. And then, isn't that funny? You have, like... It always seems to be like the rotten aliens who are the ones who show up and are like, hey, look at us. <laughs> the, the Galactica's... Be, I mean, it could be the the way Dr. Z is talking, it could be another generation or more before they can land on the planet. Surely they can't. They're not going to make all those people who live like in those tiny little rooms in the hallways do that for another 20, 25, 30 years.
3: And who knows if that voice is interchangeable in some other form. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. we won't know but you know that could be upcoming but yes. you know, basically we're and we're left with the to be continued to be continued
0: and and the fact that it's it's kind of a cliffhanger <laughs> the episode ends on but not re- yeah, i'll call it a cliffhanger yeah, it's it's, you
3: know, it's like, there's well there's a part two that's got to answer okay what's the deal with the ship Reappearing so quickly. Yes.
0: Itself. Yeah. And what's going to what's going to happen with the ship? And uh, where are the Cylons? And um, uh, what's going to happen when they meet up with the uh, the Robert Reeve for the first time? Apart from wanting his autograph and asking what was it like working with Andy Davis?
3: Indeed. Or what what was it like with that swimming pool on the Variety Hour?
0: Yes. What was that What was that like? How did that smell? Because that must have had a really strong chlorine content, right? So that must have been like that that with all the light shining on that must have that must have been like your your indoor public pool times 10
3: <laughs> or basically it was Chloretic choreography right there
0: <laughs> and were you and did you ever contribute to How Do We Knock Peter in the Pool this episode <laughs> or uh, so so um uh, so so so. Do you have anything else on this part one?
3: I, I that's it. You know, and I said, you know, it's a, it's it enough for me to watch part two. Of course,
0: yes, exactly. a, yeah. But
3: but it's right now. It's like okay, let's see how things develop in that case. Mm-hmm.
0: So so so. Where can we find you online, or what are you up to? What's going on?
3: Well, you know, I feel like 2023 has been kind of like the era of chasing the 35 millimeter to 70 millimeter, the 16 millimeter. Oh. I still do the first view every now and then, but you know, basically. I've been kind of following like the big screen stuff basically in New York. At some points, I might be heading into other places to see the 35. But nice. whatever you guys want to keep up with, I'm on Instagram at CaptainBly76, Facebook.com slash CaptainBly76, and on Twitter, CaptainBly76. And whatever that's going on with me or whatever I'd like to contribute or keep you updated with what's going on on this uh, of yours truly, um, you can keep track.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for for coming back for this uh, new journey with the Galactica gang. Ah, oh,
2: yeah,
0: yes. And uh, we're wrapping up this episode. Everyone, I'm going to play you a little bit uh, more of the Galactica theme, and I'll be on the other side saying goodbye. I'll, a little preview. Goodbye. And that was 147. Everyone, hey, Mister Bly is back talking some more Galactica. We're back in the Galactiverse, or whatever the heck it's called. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for, for joining me. And, uh, yeah, next time we'll, uh, yeah, part part two of Galactica Discovers Earth, uh, the second of the uh, episodes of Gemini Man that never aired on the network, the final episode of Season 1 of Lucan. There we go. So uh, where can you find us online? At eSuperTrain1 at Twitter. Uh, Adventure Super Train on Facebook Slacks at yahoo.com is the email and com yes is the uh, website thank you all again for listening I very much appreciated here we go brand new journeys brand new journeys and then we play you a little music and we will be back next time here we go <laughs>